This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. And good afternoon, Tiger fans. Welcome to our number two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWLAMFMRadio.com. Myself, Jeff Palermo, sitting in for Christian Herrick, along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler, to join us on the WhoDatLending.com talk and text line. The phone number is 504-260-1870. Coming up this hour, we'll hear from WBRZ TV Sports Director Michael Cobble coming up in hour number three. We'll hear from Jarrett Roser, who works for the LSU rival site. We'll look ahead to signing day on Wednesday, where LSU should bring in a top five recruiting class. They got 20 commitments. They can sign 25. They're going to leave a couple spots open as they are going to look for graduate transfers, uh, other transfers that may be in the transfer portal. Uh, I mentioned it right at the uh, end of our number one, Ishmael Sopcher, who was a talented five-star defensive tackle out of a meet who went to Alabama and then entered the transfer portal. He committed to USC last night. So it looks like the Tigers have missed out on him, but uh, I, I'm sure coach Ed Orgeron and Hemmers trying to find some other guys out there. One position where I don't think they're going to be looking for anybody, especially if miles Brennan is coming back. Herb is the uh, quarterback position tonight. We should see Max Johnson get the start. We've seen him Herb lead some nice drives when the games were out of hand against Auburn, Texas A&M, and he did it again last Saturday against Alabama. Now we'll see him when the game is on the line, basically, or at least um, the score or, the, or who's going to win is not uh, already uh, it's not already a done deal. So I'm interested to see Max Johnson tonight. I, I've liked what I've seen out of um, out of TJ Finley, he hasn't done anything in my mind to necessarily lose the job. I don't think he's ready to be the starting quarterback to begin with. I think that's what we've seen in his tough performances against Texas A&M and Al yeah, he played pretty well actually against Alabama last week, but had tough performances against Texas A&M and Auburn. I just think you, you, it's time to see what you got with Max. And this is a good opportunity to see that uh, on the road against a good Florida team, but not necessarily as good of a defensive team as the Tigers faced last week against Alabama. Well, you know, you would, you would hope that Max got all of the starting snaps at practice this week. Right. Um, and then that's really going to, uh, I guess, take him to another level. He has some confidence going into the game that, Hey, I'm the guy, uh, the coaches believe in me. Uh, you know, I'm sure he had a really good week of practice. So the players are going to believe in him no matter what. Um, you know, on the season, Max is, is 40 of 63 attempts. So 40 completions of 63 attempts. He's at 63.4 
almost 63.5% uh, uh, completion with 395 yards passing, two touchdowns, and the biggest stat for me is zero interceptions. So that's for me, that's good. He's not turning the ball over. He's seeing the field. He's completing, you know, almost 64% of his passes, which is really good. Um, you know, I, I just think here's what I think about the two situations as far as TJ and Max. Um, you know, TJ, I, I guess, won the starting job, if you will, during practice, right? And TJ has been, I guess, he's shown that he can actually do it and play the position at a, at a good level. You know, um, as a true freshman, you know, not having a lot of experience, but on a good situation and a good good level. Now it's time I think we give Max an opportunity. I think Max, in my opinion, I think he should start this week. Um, I think that if if he plays well and doesn't do anything to lose it, I think he should get a chance to start next week as well against Ole Miss. So um, I think he's earned that. I think he's put in this time. I think he's, uh, you know, he's done everything that he could to uh, to get that to, to earn that starting position. Now I'm not at practice every day, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he understands, what he doesn't understand. But I do know this: when he did, when he does get in the game, uh, even when the, the the outcome has been determined, he's still playing the game as if that outcome has not been determined yet. And he's making really good, sound decisions. He can move with the football in his hand a little bit better than TJ can. Um, and uh, and he looks to seem to have a couple of different throws. What I mean by that is not, you know, not not it's not a bullet every time it comes out of his hands. Is you know he has some touch on the ball. He kind of understands when to to put a lot on the ball, when to take some off the ball. And I like that about him. So I want to give him an opportunity. Uh, I, I look forward to him having a good game tonight. Like you said, I think Florida's defense is sporadic. They can be good at times. They can be great at times, and they can be you know sorry at times. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Max is a true freshman. You know, one of the things that Mike was talking about was the fact that the offensive line that we have has really been playing subpar, to you know, to, to say the least. And if if we can get those guys to, to step up a little bit and then give that running game a little bit of a boost, uh, that's going to help Max and TJ. So I look forward to Max having a good game today. I look forward to him going into this game with a lot of good – with a lot of confidence – being that he was running with the ones all week long, and that that makes a, that makes all the difference in the world, uh, especially for a guy like Max who's come off the bench to to be able to to come into a game and, and try to even in certain situations like uh, not last week but the week before where he came in I think it was like in in the second quarter for a couple of series I think that was important for him as well so I think he'll be fine this week and if not then you know uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens in the game. We just got to protect him up front and give him, you know, some good targets to throw the football to. And I hope we still see T.J. Finley. I hope he just doesn't sit on the bench here for these two games, Herb. Give him a couple series here or there as well. Well, I mean, I don't know. It just depends on the flow of the game. You know yeah. what I mean? If Max I mean, is unless well, Max I mean, is just uh, tearing it up. but Yeah, if he's like – or – and also, if he's if, – even if he's facilitating the game, right, and we're in the – and it's a game, like right? We're playing this, I don't know, 17, 14 or something like that. I don't think you make a change. You keep going, you know, no matter whether you're winning or losing. If you're losing by three points, you still stay in the game. Now, if, you know, if you see, a, you know, three straight three and outs, then, yeah, you make a decision. You know, you make a change or whatever. But I just, you know, it's, it's, it's with quarterbacks, it's different, um, you know, trying to, you know, when you, when, when you have running backs or receivers, 
you can play guys in certain plays, certain positions, or certain times of the games, certain situations in the games. That's different. But when you're a quarterback, you have to you have to be consistent in allowing the quarterback to understand your confidence in what he can do in him leading the team. Now, if he's not playing well, then yeah, you pull him out. But I understand what you're saying. I just, but it's just it's going to depend really on how the game is going and the flow of the game. And I, I just, I, you know, we'll have to see what that's going to be. Here's another guy I want to see tonight. I want to see more of John Emery. I liked what I saw last week, Herb. In the time that I've been filling in for Christian, we've talked about it on a couple of occasions. Just LSU has lacked that game breaker at the running back position, and we finally got to see that, a 54-yard touchdown run from John Emery. I mean, that was an electric run. There was some good blocking. Ed Ingram had a tremendous block on that play, uh, pancaked the guy that he was going up against. And we've talked already quite a bit on this show about how the offensive line has not been consistent enough. But let me see a little bit more of John Emery. We only saw him carry the ball seven times last week for 79 yards. I, I get it. The game got out of hand, and you, gotta, you figure you got to throw the football. The game may get out of hand here tonight. I want to see LSU just kind of play its offense and see what they got out of uh, John Emery. I think you, you would like to go into 2021 with a better idea of what you got at that running back position. We, we've seen a lot of uh, Tyrion Davis-Price. I'm not necessarily down on him, Herb, but we, we need a game-breaker back there, or LSU needs a game-breaker back there, and they have not had that uh, this season. So let's see if John Emery can, can provide that. Well, you're right. I, I agree with the fashion of play your game, right? Last week was a unique situation. We threw the ball 45 times in that game, and I, and I want to say we ran the ball, quote-unquote, 24 times, right? And, yeah. and, I, and John Emery was seven carries for 79 yards, 11.3 yards per rush with one touchdown. The big run of 54 yards was huge because finally, like you said, we've seen someone break through and do something that we haven't seen all year, which was just really break off a, a nice long run, and especially from John Emery Jr., our, you know, our five-star running back, which I think that he can live up to that building. We just have to give him the opportunity. Now, here's the thing, and it goes back to what Mike was saying. You know, the offensive line has really struggled this year. So, you know, what makes everything go is your guys up front, your big boys up front. So if you're, they're not opening holes, if they're not, you know, getting a hat on a hat, as they say, and allowing the running backs to be able to, to pick and find their holes and increases and then, you know, putting their foot in the ground and getting north and south, then it's difficult for those guys to do that. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree. I think Tyron Davis Price is, in my opinion, I've seen last year where he was just as electrifying, running the football and getting out in space and running fast. But John Emery has another gear, I think, just a little bit faster. and He has a little bit more quick twitch muscles. Than, and then Tyron does. Uh, at the end of the day, we've got the block for him up front so we can get these guys loose and get them rolling. Now, you know, it, you know, right now I think we have a total of like 785 yards between the two of those guys, or 793 yards between the two of those guys, John Emery and Tyron Davis-Price, as far as the total yardage this season and a total of six touchdowns. That's not LSU football, quote-unquote, right? LSU football, is we're used to having guys rushing – for over seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand yards a season, you know, with at least ten touchdowns, you know, especially when we get in the in the red zone and we, and we kind of you know manhandle our way into the end zone. But here we are. I, I loved. I would love to see John Emery and or you know uh, Davis Price 
you know, go off tonight. That would be great. That would help Max Johnson. That would help build the confidence of the offensive line if they're playing well. That would help build the confidence of the coordinators who are calling the plays. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, that's going to open up the, the, the doors or, you know, the, the, the passing lanes, right? That's going to give those the receivers an opportunity to make some plays. You know, it, it's crazy, but right now, Terrence Marshall and Eric Gilbert are your two leading receivers, and they're no longer with the team right now. So now we got to rely on Jare Jenkins, Keyshawn Butte, you know, uh, John Trey Kirkland, Coy Moore, uh, Trey Palmer, uh, even the running backs out of the backfield. So we really need those guys to grow up too as well tonight. So, But those guys are key as well too. Those outside guys are key to the running backs breaking loose in the secondary also by holding their blocks as well on the outside. John Trey Kirkland's an interesting guy because that is a senior that could return next season based on the fact that everybody's got a free year. And he's another yeah. guy that you wouldn't mind seeing have a, a couple of nice games to finish off this 2020 campaign. We got to take another break here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. When we come back, we'll hear from the WBRZ TV Sports Director, Michael Cobble. He'll give us his take on where the 2020 Tigers are at and where this program goes from here. So stay tuned. Jeff Palermo, along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL AM FM Radio.com. A couple of blowouts so far today in the Southeastern Conference as top-ranked Alabama crushed Arkansas 52-3. to uh, Devontae Smith actually got hurt in that game. He, he returned a punt 80-plus yards. I think it was 87 yards for a touchdown. But uh, Alabama cruising over Arkansas 52-3. to And Georgia then blasted Missouri and Columbia 49-14. That game was actually tied at 14 at one point. JT Daniels, a nice game for him as he threw three touchdown passes. Jeff Palermo sitting in for Christian Garrick, along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Now we bring in the sports director for WBRZ-TV in Baton Rouge. Michael Cobble joins us on the show. Michael, how you doing on this afternoon? Oh, doing great. Hanging from Christmas lights outside. Good night for the game tonight. <laughs> I guess at this point last year, you were probably in New York, right? Was it this Heisman yeah. weekend last year? <laughs> this was Heisman weekend last year, yeah. Popping up on my uh, Facebook feeds all my year ago remembrances of all those great times. Not <laughs> <laughs> those times seem so far away at this point, Michael. Oh, um, an eternity. It, it does. It does. <laughs> um, it, it, this is always, a, I guess, a, a popular topic whenever a team is not doing well. You know, where's the leaders? What about the leadership of this team? And I, I tell you what, Michael, I, I think the injury to Miles Brennan, obviously it hurt him offensively because you're now playing two freshman quarterbacks. But, man, that left a big leadership void in my mind. And I, I don't know if this team has really been right. Well, they haven't been, I think. I don't think they've really been right since then. I know they lost a couple of games as Miles was the starter, but that might have been uh, – and they played well the, the week, the game after, when they, they came back and they beat South Carolina. But I don't know. Uh, th there does seem to be a pretty big leadership void with this team. I mean, I think Herb could probably attest to this more than you or I, but I think what they're missing is hope. And when, when that hope of a – great season or the hope of you know playing for something that matters being in contention being a contender when that hope is gone and that's where I think you start to see guys all right what's left in it for me and it doesn't necessarily become about the team anymore it becomes about the individual and what can they achieve because you, you know it is a grind you have to want to go through it 
And let's be honest, almost everything that this team had to hope for is gone. So even the individual goals for Terrace Marshall, you know, when you have a freshman quarterback trying to get you the ball, well, guess what? That, that's I'm putting myself now at risk for something that's unattainable, right? So I think you're starting to see, or you started to see this deteriorate as the season progressed. And now in the last you know, two weeks of the season where this team has very little to play for, um, pride isn't a factor. You know, let's, let's be honest. Pride is out the door. Uh, it's a three and you know five team right now. And the chances of them finishing with a win, with a non-losing record, you know, that, that's all we're shooting for right now. The best case scenario is going to be five and five. And you're hinging that, let's be real honest, on trying to take down an explosive Ole Miss offensive team with one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. So the reality is you could lose these last two games, finish three and seven, and be considered one of the worst teams, you know, to ever wear the purple and gold. And that's coming off of the best team to ever play for LSU, maybe even in college football. <laughs> so it's such a huge, you know, disparity between the two. And I'll be honest, man, I don't know that I'd want to be a part of that team either. You know, so I think that's why you're seeing the checkouts, not, let alone the opt-outs, right? Now, you're right. It, you know, one of the other things that, that you said in my mind that was key is hope. You know, um, you know, if if you had some older leadership, um, you know, then maybe that hope would be there, but that is not there right now. So, how do they move forward? Just let's just talk about tonight. How do they move forward tonight and try to regain <laughs> some hope? You know, what do we do? Uh, I mean, I think one of the things that Les, Mal- I'm sorry, that that Coach O has done was made a change at quarterback. So he said, okay, let's go with Max. Let's see what this hope can do, right? Am I barking up the yeah. right tree on that? No, I think you're right. I mean, they have to find out what they have for next year, right? And I think the hope of anyone on this year's team is that next year is going to be better. So let's start working towards next year, laying a foundation. And, and you know, we live in Louisiana. We see houses on pilings all the time. We see houses have to have new foundation repairs. Well, this is going to be one of those situations. They're drilling down. You know, they're putting jacks in as quickly as they can to try to stabilize this thing to ensure that there is a reason to play next year as well, that this thing is going to be improved next season. So, yeah, what can they do, Herb? I think, you know, yes, maybe starting Max Johnson gives you an idea of what he is capable of for next year because you gave him all week to prepare in that role, and now he'll maybe he'll come out and lay an A. I don't know, but at least you'll know one more thing about the team that you didn't know going into this game. The offensive line is what it is, and it's awful, right? So what yeah. do we have on that on that unit that can be improved, that is salvageable, salvageable for next season? We know maybe the guys that aren't coming back. We know maybe the guys who don't want to come back. Um, and so coaches, you're trying to you know figure out, all right, what am I putting in my refrigerator for leftovers and what am I throwing in the trash after tonight's dinner, right? And so I think you have a solid group of running backs that you want to build upon next season. I think you have two good freshman quarterbacks that given, you know, some help on the offensive line could, could be, you've got something there, right? You've got some talent at the receiver position. Certainly saw Coy Moore and Tayshawn Booty, uh, two freshmen step up and show that they're capable and they're going to be some guys you can count on. Obviously you're going to start a new tight end and Cole Taylor, find out what he's capable of. So that's offensively. Defensively, I think you've got some, some, I don't know, sore spots, you know, the guys are just going to get out. They've had enough. Like, they don't want to be a part of it. So, all right, who who can we rely on next year in maybe some of these positions? We know we're going to have Stingley back. 
Do we build a team around him? Who do we have at safety? Who do we have at linebacker? I mean, Micah Basterville has really shown to me in the last couple of weeks that he's a guy that you can count on, that you can maybe build around. Uh, who do we have on the front four that can that we think can maybe get after it? So this is more about playing for next year than it is for playing for tonight because you're going up against another juggernaut. So this isn't like grab hold and try to hang on kind of thing. Uh, you know, or I should say it's probably not a, a stop them. It is more of a grab hold, try to hang on as long as you can kind of thing. So let's see who's going out there, who still cares. You know, and this is what the coaches are looking at because they'll, look at, and they'll see at it on tape. I mean, you could look at it last week and see some guys give up on bad angles and just really not giving great effort on the defensive side. So, I mean, it's out there. If I can see it, I know the coaches can see it. So um, you're going to be looking at this about who, who can we build around, who's in the foxhole with us. Let's go back to some of our cliches, you know, but when the bullets start flying, who's going who's gonna to put their rifle up and take a shot? So I think that's kind of what tonight is about. I don't expect them to win. Um, I don't expect it to be close. I'll be honest with you, and I don't expect a lot about a lot out of Max Johnson uh, with that offensive line. So I mean, it's I was impressed. I'll be honest with you guys. I was impressed with what they did last week on offense. That was much more than I thought they were going to be capable of, and so I'm expecting a little bit of the same here tonight. Yeah, you were wondering if they can even score a touchdown against Alabama, and they they the, the first drive was really nice, and then on the fourth yeah. and one, uh, it just <laughs> they, yeah. and then and then they but they they rallied back and they put together a couple of drives and he, and we and John Emery broke that long one and Kayshawn Booty had a had a really nice game and so yeah there was I think some things to build on offensively. How big of a rebuild project is this in your mind, Michael? I mean, when you hear Coach L talk and we we hear him a lot during the course of the week it almost sounds like to him that this he can get this thing back quickly. I, but I, I'm skeptical of that. I, I think this might be at least a two-year rebuild before they can think about being championship contenders again, at least SEC uh, championship contenders. Yeah, I agree. It is at least a two-year rebuild uh, to me. And it all starts on what can you recruit on the line, both offensively and defensively. And man, one of my biggest complaints is, LSU can be DBU all they want, but those guys are going to touch the ball, see the ball, see a play, affect a play. Maybe one out of five, you know? I mean, the offensive yeah. line, the defensive line affects every single snap. And so until you start, you know, focusing your recruiting efforts to that front, then that, you're not going to be a, a winner. I mean, Joe Burrow made that offensive line last year. I think we're all seeing that plain as day, right? That offensive scheme, their ability to dissect the defense before pre-snap and, and pick, you know, a place where they're going to get the ball out quickly. The guys didn't have to hold a three-second block because they're only, because you know, the ball's out after two. So it, it, that is the difference that you're seeing now. And we saw a little bit of it last week with different levels uh, of the offense where they had different route combinations that gave options. Um, so, you know, that's what we're going to need to see going forward. But it's, it's a gut job. It's a, you know, take it down to the studs and rebuild it back up. And when I'm talking about studs, I'm not talking about the wood base of your house anymore. I'm talking about who can you build around. We talked about it just a moment ago. Find those guys that you want to build around. Make sure they're on board with you and then move forward with that and try to get those guys to help bring the other guys along. Herb probably tested this as well. A lot of this has to be done in the locker room and amongst each other. And peer pressure, right, for lack of a better word. But you've got to have those dudes that are going to drag the other guys with them. And Joe was great at that. I mean, the intimidation factor that he brought along of, look, man, I'm putting in 100%. You're putting in 60. That's not going to do it. You either, you either bump it up to 90 or you're out. You know, we can't count on you. And so you're going to have to have some of that. But hey, the one thing, the other thing that we haven't touched on, the coaching has to be better. 
Jeff, you alluded to it. Fourth and one. Yeah. How many times are we going to make yeah. this mistake? You know, I mean, T.J. Finley gets three on quarterback sneaks. He's a big body dude. Like, let him run it. Like, that's a simple, that's a simple Joe Sixpack sitting on his couch and really composed to make that call kind of moment, right? But but they don't do it. So there's going to be situations like that where they have to be better. Stingley not on Devonta Smith. I mean, come on, like, like there's just. Those are the things that you can look back at. <laughs> and doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, and how are these guys spending weeks on this prep and they're getting it wrong, right? So like, that, that's, the, that's the disillusionment. That's the PO factor for the fan base. It's like, yeah. man, everybody admits they're not coaches, right? They may think they're coaches with a couple of cocktails in them. But, like, but when people like you and me, not her, but just the average guy listening right now can see these glaring problems and wonder how this coaching staff can't figure that out, that's really what I think makes people upset. So I'm going to say some names. Cardell Thomas, Austin Harden, Spencer Payne, Charles Turner, Xavier Hill, Marcus Dumerville, um, Anthony Bradford, uh, Marlon Martinez, and Thomas Perry. All of these guys are freshman offensive linemen, right? Whether high school or red shirt. So you're thinking that these guys – are going to be able to turn the corner next year or at least start turning that corner next year and playing and, and then doing a little bit better job than what we've seen this year? I mean, if, if it were me, I'd, I'd make sure they saw some time in the next two weeks because what do you've got to lose? You know, the guys that are playing right now, their continuity is awful. So, so And you get this there. free year anyway, right, with the COVID yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, give them a shot, right? I mean, like, what? It, you got nothing to lose. You, you, you haven't played them to the point where you burn a shirt anyway, so – you know, get them a couple of snaps. Get them, get them a reason to stick around, to want to try to believe. And look, if they're not up to it, then they're not up to it. But you're, again, you got to find out what you've got on your team because what you currently have isn't going to cut it. It's not going to be that much better. I will say this, and this is a point that that O made that I do actually believe: having the disrupted spring season, not having their off season with Tommy. That's where you build a lot of that character. That's where you build a lot of that grit. And this team didn't have it. What they've had, unfortunately, is too much time around each other. So I think you start, you know, just the littlest things tick you off about your teammate. You can't stand your coach when he does this, you know, because it just becomes an irritant, right? It's like a splinter under your finger that you can't get rid of. Well, they've had it now for seven months. I know most guys, you know, this is what we talked a lot about this week was the mental health. Because most guys, hey, you can get out. You can go goof off with your friends. You don't have a ton of time as a college athlete, but you do have – an escape and they don't have it this year. So it's just been a constant pressure and a constant grind. And now it's that grind is you're not good enough and you know it, everybody around you knows it. And they're just, it's an echo chamber where they're just repeating it everywhere you go. You look at them and you're just like, ah, you know what I mean? I'll use this example. I went to a Dunham high school football game. Stingley was there and Jacoby Stevens was there. Normally I would talk to those guys. But, like, I didn't want to bother them because I know that they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to hear from me. They don't want to talk about football. And, I, you know, and I respect that. So, like, that's kind of – if that's what they're seeing from me, from a guy that you know, used to go talk to them every now and then, then I, of course they're getting that at every other turn that they go. So, it's, um, it's just been such a nasty, ugly season that I think most everybody, fans, players, coaches included, can't wait for it to end. And, I mean, you can't get here soon enough. Um because we kind of know the results too. And then really, honestly, the results don't matter. You know, it's not, nothing's going to make this year better. 
So let's just get it over with. <laughs> well, there is some good news for you, Michael. Uh, great news as far as uh, for ABC TV affiliates out there with the uh, SEC ESPN huh? deal uh, kicking in in 2024. So uh, I know you guys are happy about that. Hopefully, God willing, we're all here to see 2024. But uh, congratulations on that, my friend. Yeah, excited about that. The opportunity to compete, you know, once again, because CBS has had such a stranglehold on it. And I don't know that, you know, whoever ABC gets is going to be any better than Gary or Vern were. You yeah. know, we're not going to have the music, all those things that people care about. But, yeah, we're excited to have the opportunity. And, hey, let's just hope they get to play this game next year in the Rose Bowl with fans, right? Maybe that would be something we can all look forward to. There's yeah. a little hope for you, right, Herb? Yes, always hope, baby. Always hope. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll get you back to uh, the Christmas decorations. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That's thanks, Michael man. Cobble, sports director for WBRZ-TV in Baton Rouge. we got to take a break on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. If you want to get involved, give us a call on the com. Talk and text line 504-260-1870. More coming up here on WWLAMFMRadio.com. And sitting in for Christian Garrick, it's Jeff Palermo on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. If you want to get involved, give us a call on the whodatlending.com talk and text line. That's 504-260-1870, getting you, getting you ready for tonight's game against the Florida Gators at 6 o'clock. Some news out of the Big 12. Texas has announced that Tom Herman will remain their head football coach. Uh, and then Chubba Hubbard, who last year rushed for over 2,000 yards for Oklahoma State, has decided to opt out for the rest of the season. He's been injured lately, but uh, that is a one of the top running backs that will be in the 2021 NFL draft. And there's some more negative news uh, surrounding LSU today. Micah Baskerville, a couple of different media outlets are reporting, uh, who has really played well at the linebacker position for the Tigers, has not made the trip to Gainesville and he will not play against Florida tonight. That's, again, Micah Baskerville will not play for LSU in tonight's game against Florida. No reason given on why he is not with the team, but uh, the hits just keep on coming, Herb. I, it, it's just amazing. You, every time you think it's maybe this is the worst or this is the low point, something else keeps cropping up with this team. Give me all you got, okay? <laughs> Give me everything you got right now. Get it out of the way this year, right? I ain't getting up right now, right? So just, just keep hitting me. Whatever it is, I, I, you know, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it can't get worse. Let me say that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're not sure what's going on with this situation. So we'll be speaking prematurely as to saying or coming up with any kind of speculations of why he's not making a trip. But the point is. If he's not making the trip, he's not making the trip because he was really a really great contributor over the past few weeks. Um, he was playing really, really good football. So uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that situation. But you, you, you look, man, you're right. It's Every time you look and you turn, there's something new. Well, we got another week to go. <laughs> and then that's when Coach O said he knows what to fix, and then we're going to start working on that once that old Miss game is, is complete. But, as of tonight, we just got to, like I said earlier, we just got to come out and just don't be afraid of anything and just leave it all on the line. You know, as coaches, just, just go out go out there and, and, and do your best to call your very best game. But don't don't call a timid game, you know, and don't fall into the trap of what Florida wants you to do. Do what you do. You know, take whatever they give you, but you still do what you do and you play your game. See what your guys are made of. See what they can do. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, and – as Michael Cobble pointed out in the last segment, I mean, really, what do you got to lose here? 
Um, even there, there's really not much you can do to salvage this season. It, it, to me, it's, it's all about evaluating at this point. It, it really is. It's all about allowing certain guys to play. I thought you brought up a good point to Michael. There's a bunch of freshman offensive linemen on this team that have not played. Why don't, why don't we see what they got? Why don't we see what, what kind of what they can give you? Because there's just um, – because what you're getting out of that O-line position this year is uh, subpar, as you put it earlier, Herb. I, why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's not going to hurt anything uh, because, you know, the, the one you know, back in the days, the one thing that, you know, would hurt, would you would lose your red shirt. But this year, everybody gets a free pass. It doesn't yes. matter. So you don't even lose your red shirt. You just lose the year. Not you lose it, but you just you gain the year no matter what. So, but put the guys out there and see what they can do. If not, if you don't want to do that and you want to continue with the guys that you have, you know, challenge those guys. Make those guys understand how important it is for them to be successful um, on every play. But you also have to make sure that you're putting them in a, a good and successful situation so that they can play well and so that they can't pick up the, the blitzing linebacker that's coming off the left side or, you know, the blitzing cornerback that's coming out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they got to be able to see those different things, those different looks and, 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 and make adjustments and block those guys without, you know, without losing focus as uh, on to what's actually going on. But look, at the end of the day, they're going to play Florida tonight and, and Florida's not going to back down. They don't care about any of the stuff that's going on. So, you know, so, but I hope that the guys that have made the trip really take pride in what they're going up there to do. Um, I hope they're not thinking about all of the other stuff that we're talking about here. I hope those guys are focused on, you know, seeing whoever's in that orange and blue uh, gator uniform on the other side of them, on the other side of the football field, on the side of the ball, and, and just and just take it to them and give them everything they have. Show us why you were four, five, and three-star athletes. Show us why you chose to come to LSU Show us, show us why you chose to be a, a tiger, and and this is what we do. We, you know, backs against the wall. We're already down. You're kicking us. You're you're pinching us. You're you're, you're punching us. You're, you're you're doing everything you can to us, but we're going to show you that we're not going to back down. We're going to come forward 100. percent Biggest test tonight for the LSU Tigers is trying to slow down this Florida passing game. They're averaging. 377 yards a game through the air. Kyle Trask has been having a Heisman-like season as he's completed 71% of his passes for 3,200 yards, 38 touchdowns to three interceptions. That's Joe Burrow-like. And, of course, one of his favorite targets is Kyle Pitts, who's got 11 touchdowns on the season. So that, to me, is really the big test for LSU defensively tonight is to somehow try to slow down a guy like Trask, and it starts with some pressure. Let's see if LSU can get a little bit more pressure. And then the other thing that's been kind of missing from LSU's game defensively, early on at least they were getting turnovers. Uh, they're not even doing that now anymore. Maybe one turnover a game, you're going to obviously need more if you're going to try to stay in the game here tonight. The Kyle Trask is just showing us, you know, hey, uh, there's a <laughs> Joe Burrow put these numbers up last year. Watch me do it this year, right? <laughs> um, and and he's he's doing it, and he's not even a you know he's unapologetic about it, you know. So he's doing a, a great job. Plus, he's a good leader for that team. When Felipe French went down, uh, I guess I think it was two years ago, whatever yeah. it was. He, um, you know, I, I was never really a big Felipe French fan, to be honest with you. Um, I just thought that he was really just big, 6'6", and he has all the size and can throw the ball really great. 
in on air, but I never thought he made really good decisions with the football and was able to be, it lead the team. Kyle Trash comes in, and you know, you know, everybody. Well, I think everybody knows the story when he was in high school, was overlooked in high school. Um, you know, didn't only, I think the only scholarship offer he really had was Florida, whatever. And um, but you know, he he's shown you what hard work, determination, and being in the right system at the right time can do for you. Um, and then you know, you add in the guy like Pitts and 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 those other receivers that are around him. And then you know, you play good ball up front. Then he can throw for thirty two hundred yards, thirty eight touchdowns, and three interceptions. You know that it makes sense. Um, but you know, but the LSU defense not making any turnovers here as of late is not good. We need those guys to to rip the ball out of the hands of those Florida Gators, cause some turnovers, intercepts, fumbles, whatever it is, so we can help the offensive guys out. Kadarius Tony is their other big player receiver. Fifty three catches on the season. We got one more hour to go. But first, the top of the hour break here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We are wrapping up hour number two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We got one more hour to go before we get to LSU's official pregame show as we turn it over to Hunt Palmer and the guys at 4 o'clock. One more hour to go. We'll start looking ahead to next year, and that really all begins with signing day coming up on Wednesday. LSU will bring in, or at least we're expecting, it is 2020. You never know what might happen, but we are expecting a top five recruiting class for the Tigers. Uh, they'll sign maybe about 20 players on Wednesday. Still have a few scholarships left over for National Signing Day in February. And then also, if they wanted to add any other transfers from another Power 5 school or a JUCO transfer or whatever it may be. So stay tuned. We'll talk about it coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 